Hey everybody, this is Rolando Mia, and you're here with Dental Voice. We are at SmileCon 2022, and our guest today is Dr. John Camisi. Now, let me tell you a couple things about Dr. Camisi. Dr. Camisi is an associate professor in the Department of Oral Rehabilitation at the Medical University of South Carolina. This school is incredible, it's progressive, and he is a huge, passionate, and driver for ensuring the technologies and learning it's all about learning there he's been a lifelong learner in addition to being that he has 34 years of experience in dental practice having his own dental practice and this is the kind of insight and wisdom that he's going to bring for us today now what i want to talk to doctor and he got that all on one take for a change <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to talk about is what's next in dentistry and what's happened first of all thank you so much for joining us it's always sure. fun it's always a pleasure being with you Ralph. oh my goodness god bless <laughs> it's you know every time i see you i don't know why i just start smiling and when i start smiling i can't stop smiling so all it's right. hard not to smile when we're together because we have so many similar interests and so many similar insanities. So it's always that good. That and, and similar, similar physical Capra? attributes. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. Let's, now we got to get serious. Yeah, getting to the topic. So dentistry is evolving and the yeah. pandemic was definitely a catalyst for that. But that's done. We're not going to talk about that. Thank the God. Question, the question that I have for you is in dental education, What's next? Ah. What do you see as what's next and what do you, how do you see that affecting what's going to be happening in the future? Well, we have to train the next generation of docs. Th these new doctors have to realize that there's more to it than just fixing a smile. We have to start looking at it from an integration of medicine and dentistry, in my opinion, because medicine and dentistry should be linked Hold in on. everything that we do. Everyone's been talking about that for like ever, but they've never done it. Ah. And recently, you know, again, there's been a lot of conversation regarding that. At Medical University of South Carolina, our, our thing is we talk about the slogan right now is MUSC1. MUSC1 or W-O-N-E. It basically, it's to try to bring all of what the university has to offer to our community in South Carolina as a, an entire package. And so bringing dentistry and dental education into medicine and medical education is really the direction that you think that most places have got to go. Ah, because the last time you and I checked, the mouth is not outside the body. <laughs> and if it is, then we got some problem you, going that, on. That's a different. It would make a dentistry idea. a hell of a lot easier. The mouth. <laughs> I got to hold on. The mouth is not outside the right, body. Exactly. So right. So so with regard to this integration. Right. You know, medicine, I'm going to call it the entire, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. world of medicine. Right. And then the world of dentistry mm -hmm. are two very evolved entities. So how do you get them together? And then more importantly, how do you get them, you know, kind of working together? Yeah. What's and that's, that all about? And that's the challenge. That's what everything in the entire medical dental world is, is struggling with right now. And one of the things when our dean came in, uh, one of his first priorities was trying to make sure that the medical colleges and the medical university as a whole understood that dentistry is an important component of medicine in general because we're we it's about time right heck yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like where the heck have y'all been uh the reality is, is that we see more patient we see a patient more frequently than most primary care physicians do that's and a point. that's a really that's a important really thing point. because yeah. they'll see us and they'll actually tell us what's going on with them more time than they will do with their physician. Most of the time, physicians don't have enough time 
to really spend with the patient. They're in and out within, you know, minutes. Right, right. The nurse goes in, types in things, has all the questions. The doc may come in, do a little bit of testing, and then suddenly you're done and you're out of there. How, how does that happen in the dental office? No, we're talking, we're conversing. We know more about what's going on, especially our team. Yeah. Our team knows more about what's going on with our patients than we do. They fill us in, thank God. If not for the team, we'd be completely oblivious because we're doctors. We don't do that kind of stuff. But the reality is, is that we're family and they're yeah. family. So if we don't start to incorporate medicine and dentistry into the same congruent mechanism of action to help our patients, because when we look at a medical history, there should be bells going off when we see combinations of medications that are going on. And yeah, yeah, there may be a problem sure. going on that, that the physician, because there are multiple physicians that may or may not talk to each other about. Sometimes we're the conduit to bring all of the different aspects and the specialties in medicine together. If you think about it, dentistry is really a subspecialty of medicine, even though it's never really been classified as that. That's interesting, a subspecialty yeah. of medicine. So in the dental schools, yeah. how is this evolving and ah. how, do you, how do you connect those together? What's ah, that that's more fun than anything else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to start, either we have to go to the table as, as dental professionals and help our medical colleagues understand how important we are to them. Because they, don't, they don't see that? Come on. The, many PCPs don't. Primary care physicians may or may not do so because we just fix the mouth. We just fix teeth. So it's not about disrespect. It's just a, it's just a, it's I'm not say, what they've been trained. Yeah. So it's outside the realm of their knowledge you look, base. You, look at, the, you look at the overall aspect regarding oral cancer screening. Oh, oh that's, okay. that's huge. So that's right. an important component. How many people are we finding with interesting lesions that need additional medical care? We refer them over to the oral surgeons who are, by training, typically are physicians of the mouth. In addition, because they, they go through additional training, they're looking at things, their medical training and their dental training are integrated all the time. So if you think about oral surgeons, they're the first step in that integration. So we're referring to the oral surgeon because we see something that's unusual in the mouth, and the oral and surgeon is then going to go ahead and take care of things, and if we're lucky, they might find something early enough that if it is an oral cancer of some capacity, they're talking with the medical guys in the cancer division that are basically trying to figure out the protocol to help treat these patients. So is is that something that gets integrated into the dental curriculum? Is sure. that something it's, a it's separate basically part program? Of the it's part of the training aspects of how in our oral surgery training of our students, because they do go through their rotations, they do go through the various lectures regarding the, the overall need to look at this differently. So certainly they're learning it, but the reality is that that may or may not be per part of a medical education. Ah, so is it when, when, when you're looking at medical university or, mm -hmm. or you know, anywhere, uh, anywhere, exactly. Yeah. The, is this, how do you, how do you start, how do you even have to start that discussion? Basically it starts at the upper levels of the administration. The various colleges and the various deans have to talk to each other to try to find out how that they can complement and supplement each other's situations. And that's what we've been doing at MUSA. We've been able to accomplish that and start the progress because dental schools in and of itself are losing propositions as far as monetary goes. Because? Because they don't do the big type surgeries. Hospitals in general, when COVID was going on, they had to get their operating rooms open fast because they were losing money because that's where they generate their dollars. Hmm. Okay. So dental, dental colleges, we don't generate a lot of income. We treat a lot of people, but we don't generate a lot of right. income. And having the boards understand 
that we're an important component of medicine is not been a very important thing. And that's what they've been doing. The, the board of directors, uh, trustees at MUSC, have been under, they're understanding how dentistry is a crucial component it's in a, medicine. It's a preventative aspect. It's, it's, so it, it's, it definitely is. In, in other words, you can pay me now, pay me later, but when you have effective oral care, yeah. the entire systemic process right. is not as gnarly. And it's and it's integrated. You know, you have to integrate it together. If you don't integrate it, it's crazy. It's like that with the course that I created this year. Uh, we created the very first elective dental sleep medicine course and any college in the country, as far as I understand right now. And it's a 12-week program. And it's multidiscipline. We're bringing in uh, pathologists. We're bringing in otolaryngologists. We're bringing in cardiologists. We're bringing in dentists in the communities that are experts in dental medicine uh, out there. And we've just finished our seventh week oh, of education fantastic. of the 12-week program. And we have over 60 people enrolled, undergraduate, pre-doctoral students, residents, faculty, and some staff. Wow. So wait a minute. How does that change kind of what you're telling students as they're entering into dental school? What is the kind of context that you would now have to establish with them when it comes to, you know, all of a sudden there's a dimensionality it's, it's that they're actually experiencing. It's actually easier. Easier? Yes. Because you're telling them more? Is because we are important. Ah. We are We've not, always been important. Not necessarily. <laughs> you know, a little, a little cream cheese or peanut butter, please. Not uh, necessarily. Right, exactly. Okay. The reality is that we have not been considered a, a critical component in healthcare. Just oh, look, because just, it's like an adjunct. Uh, we're we're, okay. we're an adjunct. You know, the mouth is out there. <laughs> That's right. It's not in the mouth. Exactly. Okay, That's, I'm, I'm you know, so, it's true. The reality is, is that when we have our students applying, they're looking at MUSC because of what we offer. We offer practical education that's science-based, that's evidence-based, that basically pushes the envelope and enables our students to be more prepared when they graduate than they would, in my opinion, anywhere else. Hmm, that's interesting. And that's basically that's awesome. when they were that's crazy so cool. enough to bring me to the college five years ago. They, they brought me in there, be, I think, because of my disruptor capability. Well, slightly it, disruptive. Disruptive. No, slightly. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Ah, boom, boom. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why your students love you. So, in in the in in the in the process yeah. or in the evolution of the education that yeah. the students are going through, how I mean, dental school in and of itself is already stressful enough, yeah. and there are students who don't make it through the first couple parts. Now you're adding another entire. I'm going to say another level or another dimension of, yeah. of information that I have to learn. What, how does this affect the curriculum and, and, uh, and that, that learning process? It, it becomes an issue because if you don't have a flexible enough curriculum, doesn't, then it work. doesn't. You need people involved in curriculum development that actually can see the direction that they're supposed to go, the strategic aspects of where the profession is moving toward. Because the drill-filled bill days of my predecessors and the overall time spent that I was in my private practice prior to coming into the academia, which is always a very interesting challenge. Going from, going from private practice into academia is a really fascinating thing. That's another 30 minutes of time. All right, we'll talk other. about that. We'll exactly. talk about that later. <laughs> but the, rea the reality is, is that if you, you know, my, my entire life has been continued understanding of the evolution of what's going on. Because if I still did what I always did, I wouldn't do what I'm doing now. 
the most the five, six most dangerous words in the human language. You've always done it that way. I, I can. Agree, I'll agree. If yes. we don't expand what we know to moving it toward what we don't fully comprehend yet, we, as as Woody Allen says, what we have on our hand is a dead shark. So we don't want to have a dead shark. We want to be able to continue to move the dental profession into the arenas where we need to be in identifying and diagnose or being part of the overall diagnostics to find out what is wrong with our patients because the oral cavity will show us if we understand what yeah, we're looking for. That's kind of where it starts. Exactly. Right? It's going to show us, especially in sleep. It, it, it's there. Our faculty members that are in the class that now are looking at patients, they're coming to me, John, I recognize this, this, this. I say, cool. I'm getting more people to understand what we're looking at needs to be expanded upon. It's not ground down to nothing because they're just under stress. They're not just under stress. They're dying. <laughs> I'm not laughing. That's it's, actually. But it's yeah. true. No, and, you it's know, true. You know, Joe Coy does, does a routine on that all the time. You know, he says his mother comes in, Joseph, you're dying. You're dying. <laughs> so we want to make sure that we help our patients understand their medical problem and we in the dental profession are the very first line of defense to helping our patients stay healthier so that's where that so. that's yeah, where that, dentistry that's... is moving through that's where dental education is moving through it's not just understanding the techniques to repair the damage it's understanding how the damage occurred and how to prevent it from continuing that is the that's the direction that education is going that's the direction that our colleagues out in the field need to continue to move forward with because if they sit in their office and they're only happy to know what they know they're not going to know what they're missing and they're going to continue doing what they're doing and they're not going to help anything but maybe just do what they always did which ends up being what they've done exactly and it doesn't <laughs> and it doesn't progress so oh, again yeah. the biggest challenge is when you go outside of your box that's where the excitement is. Yeah, that's where you learn, right? Exactly. So all the time. So how does technology play into this? And and you know, because th there are two different tracks of technology. Mm -hmm. When you look at the evolution of technology in medicine, and then you look at how incredibly, incredibly uh, innovative uh, things are happening in dentistry. Yeah. How how do these play in there, and or do they? They they have to play because if you're you know you look at digital. And everything is digital nowadays, so you have to understand how to work with the scanner, how to look at things, how to create devices from the scanner, et cetera, and so forth. So the technology is there. How we're educating people is not just face-to-face -face any longer. It's hybrid education. It's 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 flipped well, classrooms. Is that, is that as good hybrid when you're not in? I, I've heard it's, it's hard. Varying things. Uh, right? Hybrid right? hybrid classes are hard, but necessary in some situations simply because. Some patients or some students can't get to you for anything. So if they're ill, why can't they still participate and enjoy the, and, 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 and participate in the class? So you need technology. Exactly. So they can, they can be right. brought in in that way. We don't want them to be at home all the dang time because the dialogue to face to face is very important because you can That's figure what the heck they're doing out there by the look on their face. Oh, I guess I didn't explain that good enough. I'm sorry. Huh? I'm from Brooklyn. What can I do? You know, it's that kind of situation. Right, right. So that aspect of technology, flip learning in which you wait, wait, what's flip learning? Flip learning is another as what we're doing right now in the dental and dental sleep medicine class. We are preparing class coursework before we actually get together. So the responsibility of the student is to view the videos that are 
presented so that this way when they get to the class, we can expand upon what the videos did and answer the questions that they may not have otherwise had. Hold on. Do they actually watch these videos? They're supposed to. Again, yeah. there's a code of ethics, and there's a code. You know, they have to take a final examination, so if they don't watch the videos, they they're fail. Gonna, they're not going to make so, it. So, hey, you yeah. know, you're either going to do it or you don't. So, <laughs> okay, no, that makes sense. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting that just embracing and expanding yeah. the engagement, it's all about that reach and the frequency and the, the ability for you, you, gotta you and make your it, students you gotta make to it engage. exciting. You can't just be blah, 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 blah. Everybody, including the person speaking, is going to fall asleep. Yes, yes. You have to make it interesting. You have to make it exciting. You have to make it interactive. It's kind of like this. This is interactive. This is kind of it conversation. Is? Yes. <laughs> Last time I checked. Uh, but the reality is it, it, we're, we're trying to entertain and educate at the same time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that's what education needs to do. It needs to be entertaining to a point that people catch their attention. If all you're doing is reading your slides, you're not educating. Yeah. You're reading your slides. Anybody can read slides. I do that extraordinarily well. But you have to be entertaining in the same capacity. Yeah. And, and that, that, that totally makes sense. Let me ask you, and I'm going to switch here. Sure. One of, the, one of the topics here a lot in the dental schools is access or the ability to treat live patients. Mm -hmm. what the, the, I've heard lots of different things about bringing that, instead of waiting so long, bringing that closer to when the students come in. How do you see that evolving the, in, big, the in biggest, the biggest challenge, of course, is patients presenting in the first place. Right. So that's you know, people. There's always something, especially in Charleston, South Carolina. The weather is always pretty darn nice, and if there's an excuse not to go to the dentist, there you go. There. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's one of the things. But the reality is that it, you have to make the opportunity for our students to learn and be and be able to work effectively. And that's, you know, again, just throw a plug in for the Xerus products, essentially, that we're using at the, at the college are amazing. We've been using the posterior products for a number of years, and now we're the first college in the country to bring in the anterior devices. Oh, I know who you're uh, talking uh, to uh, about uh, that. We're going to get off of that. <laughs> so, but it's been, it's been a game changer because suddenly we've got a mechanism of isolation that is comfortable for the patient, that's easy for the students to, to use, and is going to provide us with re restorative processes that are more predictable. So that's one of the things, and it's an important component to understand is that that's part of the technology. If you think about it, the isolation devices that we now have available are enabling us to technologically take care of our patients better. So every time that we can find something that we can use that are able to be implemented in such a way that it is beneficial. So does it help in treating live patients oh, sooner? Oh, yeah. Sooner? Yeah. Well, it basically gets them into the chair. Okay. I'm not sure if it gets them in sooner because there's still a couple of year process, at least at MUSC. There are other colleges that may be developing ways of interacting patients with their students right away. Uh, we do that in our hygiene and in our periodontal process. They're going in and a lot of our students in the first and the second year are either assisting or are helping with cleaning of the patient's teeth, doing the evaluations. So and they're analysis. actually getting their hands in Early. a live person right. right. sooner. Usually by the second year, if not by the end of their first year. When you went to dental school, when did you start treating live patients? Second year. Second year. And it was at a, it was at a free clinic. It was a Saturday morning clinic where we treated children. Okay. okay. And basically, we figured they probably figured that children are easy. If you mess it up, you they lose the tooth anyway. So. But <laughs> not that I advocate for that. But that was probably the thinking at that point in time. <laughs> they lose the tooth anyway. So exactly. anyway. So.
So but that's how my training started. Again, it was volunteer clinics that we had operational at Northwestern, which unfortunately doesn't have a dental school anymore. Sad, sad, not fair. Uh, sad, again, sad, not fair. Exactly. So when when uh, when people are looking at education and dentistry, and you know, considering going down that route, mm -hmm. what is it that you would have them think about? What would it say that you would have them uh, kind of seriously consider uh, as we go into the future right now? What 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 would you tell them? You're not going to make a lot of money in dentistry right off the bat. You're going into it because you care about people. You will be compensated appropriately over the course of time. But again, if you're going into just to make money, uh, that's what's that's what you know, brokerage firms or for, or, 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 or podcast people or, you know, or, 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 or social media influencers. That's where the money is. Uh, but the reality is, is that you're going into it because you want to make a difference in a person's life. Uh, be well-rounded. Just don't be worried about the science aspect. Uh, our students, we're looking at well-rounded people because life is so interestingly large that if all you have is one focus and you don't have the other aspects to look at, the perspectives that you bring to not only uh, uh, to the patient, but to the, your colleagues, the maturity that you have, the insanity that you bring, yeah. all these things are really critical because if I were just going to do it as a student straightforward, then, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't really help us as much. But nowadays we're actually uh, able to do much more because we have diverse student bodies from all over from, you know, every aspect of life older students people right out of college these are all very important so that's where we've been going and that's the beauty of musc the cool part about musc is that each class helps the other classes that's cool and there's no there's no looking down and saying you're a freshman go away no everybody is looking forward to help each other it's a family musc is different than any other place that i've ever been it's a family from the faculty to the students it's a family. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. Always really a pleasure. Cool. I love the insight. I love the context around integration into and connecting all of the, I'm going to say, connecting the orals to the yeah. oral health. Um, hey, folks, if you like what Dr. Kamisi, uh, or you want to spend more time in understanding. Why would you want to do that? Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, what's the best way for you to reach out to you? Or you, you, can, you can reach out to Roe and he'll get you in touch with me, probably the easiest Perfect. way. Let's do that. Because otherwise, uh, my, my, the spam in my email box will be ridiculous. So reach out to him, spam his box. It's much better that way. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate my it. Pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. Have a great one. All Thanks, right. everyone. Thank we you. will see you soon.